Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the mystery short story Bubbles Bobbles by Elaine Faber, read by local actor Thomas Nance. Bubbles Bobbles was first published in 2013 in the Sacramento Sisters in Crime anthology Capital Crimes and later published in 2017 in Elaine's anthology of 21 cat stories, All Things Cat. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. He stood in the dark hallway. The thrill of anticipation plunged down his spine. He carefully planned every detail. Killer, run out the door, drive to the motel and pretend disbelief when he heard of his wife's unfortunate demise. He opened Myrtle's bedroom door, rushed across the room, swung the flashlight, striking her temple. Myrtle's blood splashed across the sheets and pooled beneath her stringy gray hair. He stood over as the crimson liquid oozed down her wrinkled cheek and dripped from the bed to the floor. Drip, drip, Trip. Herbert stifled a yawn and opened his eyes. His bedroom furniture cast ghostly shadows in the breaking dawn. His stomach seized at the memory of Myrtle's blood-soaked head. Oh my God, this time I really did it. I killed her. I need to get out of here before the police. Herbert! Herbert! Didn't you hear me? I- I'm calling you. His heart plummeted. He sat up and rubbed his eyes. Rivlets of sweat crept down his back at the sound of her voice. Come and help me get up. I need to go to the bathroom. Still alive, his heart sunk as he staggered from his warm bed. When would he have the courage to kill her? He stumbled to Myrtle's room and threw back the covers. Too late, she lay in a puddle of wet sheets. Now see what you've made me do, she snapped. Why can't you come when I call you the first time? Bring me dry clothes and run my bath. You can change the sheets while I bathe. Myrtle shrieked when Bubbles jumped onto the bed. Get that damn cat off the my bed. Herbert shooed Bubbles away. I'll run your bath all right, he muttered, turning on the spigot. Then maybe I'll hold your scraggy head under the water until you turn blue. Folks will think you slipped in the tub. His mouth twisted in a smirk. Meow. Bubbles waddled into the bathroom. Hey, Bubbles. Herbert clutched the cat to his chest and buried his face in her long, dark fur. He drew a ragged breath and swallowed a lump in his throat. I can't go on like this much longer. The cat wiggled from his grasp. Herbert returned to the bedroom and pulled off Myrtle's wet gown. Flabby layers of fat bulged beneath her sagging breasts. He shuddered at the sight of the blotchy skin on her skinny legs. They reminded him of chicken legs draining in the sink. While Myrtle napped later that morning, Herbert put his plan into motion and drove to Pet Club. He placed a bag of friskies and kitty litter into his basket 
and then pushed his cart to the display of animal collars. He glanced up and down the aisle. No one was watching. Just what he needed. A pink cat collar covered with clear rhinestones. Perspiration beaded his brow as he hurried through the checkout stand. This time, he wouldn't chicken out. This time, he'd go through with his plan. While Myrtle slept, he'd open the safe and remove the diamonds. Her father's inheritance. She'd hidden the safe's combination between the pages of D.H. Lawrence's erotic novel, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Lady Chatterley's lover indeed. Now, wasn't that a joke? How often had they quarreled about those damn diamonds? How often had he begged in vain for her to sell them? At last, she slept. He tiptoed past her bed and retrieved the combination from the book. With a trembling hand, he opened the safe and grabbed the diamonds. Using a jeweler's plier, he replaced the rhinestones in the cat collar with Myrtle's diamonds and clamped down the prongs. A perfect fit. Replacing the rhinestones in the safe, he spun the dial and then slipped the combination back into the book. Here, Bubbles. Here, Kitty Kitty. He fastened the diamond-studded collar around her neck. There now, my beauty. Don't you look pretty? He stroked the cat's back and smirked. Phase one. Next, he called and made reservations at a motel in Sacramento. Hi, bud. Hi, bud. His heart seized and his stomach roiled. Oh, how he hated her. Myrtle. Bring me a cup of coffee. The least you could do is heat it in this microwave. It's lukewarm in that coffee pot. I told you a hundred times, you're worthless. He slipped the rat poison into Myrtle's coffee. It swirled in delightful design as it sank through the amber liquid and settled at the bottom of the cup. He crept up the stairs. Here's your coffee, sweetheart. Drink it down like a good girl. Myrtle drank, and within minutes, she grew deadly pale and writhed in pain. Her skinny fingers clutched at her throat as she gagged, shuddered, and died in hideous agony. He stood over her body as the blood trickled from her twisted mouth and dripped into the sheets. Drip, drip, drip. Herbert, where's my coffee? I'm waiting. Herbert jerked. Back from his reverie, he popped the cup into the microwave and set the dial. Maybe it would burn her ugly mouth when she drank it. What fun it was to imagine new ways to commit murder. But now he decided on a definite plan. It was time to set it into motion. The handle of the coffee cup burned his hand as he carried it up the stairs. When Myrtle fell asleep that night, Herbert slipped out the front door and drove to the neighborhood pub. He started a conversation with the local drunk. After three beers, the beer and wine neon lights in the window started to slither. Now it was time to pretend to be drunk, and with little effort, it wasn't that difficult. Chuck, old buddy, 
I could have me a little shop, but no, the old lady won't let me sell her blasted diamonds. What? What good are they if they're stuck away in the safe? He covered his eyes and peeked through his fingers. Was Chuck buying it? Indeed, he looked interested. In a safe, you say? Chuck slugged back his drink. Diamonds don't do nobody no good in a library safe. No, not the library. Herbert picked at a scab on his chin. The safe is in the bedroom over the stereo. He sighed. She wouldn't give me the combination, but I figured out where she hid it. 36, 24, 36. <laughs> now, who is she kidding? Herbert gazed towards the bartender, watching with narrowed eyes. He'd remembered this conversation all right. Chuck was the perfect patsy for Myrtle's murder. Herbert choked back a sob. I'm leaving her. That's what I'm going to do. This Friday night when she goes to sleep at 8 o'clock. Maybe a little over the top? Nah. Chuck's face was the picture of sorrow. Friday night at 8 o'clock, huh? Here, pal. Have another drink. You'll feel better. Herbert drove away from the bar, satisfied with his performance. He tiptoed up the stairs to Myrtle's bed. Why not now? His fingers twitched as he clutched her scrawny throat and squeezed until his fingers ached and her face turned a ripe purple. She gasped. Her thrashing knocked a glass off the nightstand. He stood over her body as water oozed across the nightstand onto the floor. Drip, drip drip. Herbert, is that you? I woke up and you were gone. I needed you as if you cared. Bring my medicine before I perish with pain and be quick about it. Myrtle, still awake. Herbert no sooner entered the bedroom than Bubbles jumped on the bed and pushed her head under his hand. He stroked her back. His fingers paused over the diamonds on her collar. Not long now. Come on, Bubbles. Let's get Myrtle her pain medicine. On Friday afternoon, Herbert sat in the library, his heart pounding, pretending to read the newspaper. He glanced at his watch. 3 p.m. Any minute now, she'd be yowling for him. Herbert, bring me my coffee. If you weren't so lazy, you'd bring me before I'd ask it. But you don't care if I die or thirst, do you? Herbert stood and grinned at Bubbles. Showtime. He carried his pack suitcase into Myrtle's room. Where do you think you're going? She scooted up against the headboard. Odd. She hadn't been able to sit up without his help for the past three months. I'm leaving you. Herbert smirked. Get yourself another coffee, boy. I'm out of here. What do you mean? Myrtle's eyes opened wide. Who will take care of me? As Clark Cable famously said, I don't give a flying fig, my dear. Herbert headed for the door. 
That's not what he said, you fool, Myrtle screamed. He said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Herbert turned. And frankly, my dear, neither do I. Herbert hurried into the hallway, where he whispered to Bubbles, Don't worry, I'll see you soon. He scampered down the stairs, grinning like a schoolboy let out of school for summer recess. Bye-bye. Herbert drove to a busy shopping center nearby, where he paid cash for a thin pair of gloves and a large flashlight. Then to the Starlight Motel. He registered, paid the clerk with a credit card, and asked for the receipt. Where can I find the uh, nearest movie house? His face was the picture of innocence. The clerk handed Herbert a brochure from the Crest Theater. Just down the street, they're playing Hitchcock movies all month. Tonight's movie is The Birds. Having seen The Birds a dozen times, he knew the storyline well. Sounds like fun. Thanks. He went out the door, waving the brochure. At 8 p.m., he drove to the theater, bought a ticket, and sat in a dark corner. At 8.50 p.m., placing his coat and hat in the seat, he slipped out of the back door, leaving it slightly ajar. He drove back to his own neighborhood, stopped one block over behind his house, tiptoed through his backyard, and climbed the fence into his yard. He crept across the patio and used a screwdriver to break the lock on his patio door. This time, I'm doing it. His mouth felt dry as a cardboard hat box. 9.13 p.m. She should be asleep. The plan was so clear just as he imagined it a hundred times. He'd tiptoe across the room towards the lump in the bed and swing the flashlight down onto her forehead. He heard the crunch as the bones of her forehead gave way beneath her wrinkled brow. He stood over her body as the blood poured from her temple and then dripped off the end of her ugly nose. Drip, drip, drip. Open the safe. Take the envelope with the rhinestones and hurry back to the theater. It should arrive about the time the birds attacked Bodega Bay. After the movie, he'll tell the motel clerk all about the movie. Between the credit card receipts, the movie ticket, and the hotel clerk's conversation, his alibi would perfectly line with Myrtle's estimated time of death. Tomorrow. Pretending to have lost his key, he'd ask his neighbor to bring over the spare. They would discover the tragedy together. The bartender's testimony should convict Chuck of Myrtle's murder and the diamond theft. Before long, Herbert would file a claim for Myrtle's life insurance and the stolen diamonds. In six months, he'd be rich. Satisfied with his plan, Herbert crept up the stairs and stood outside the bedroom door. His heart pounded so loud he was sure he'd awake her. The flashlight clutched in his sweaty hand. He put his ear to the door and listened. Silence. Moisture pricked his forehead. She's asleep. With a shaking hand, he turned the door handle 
and then charged through the door, his flashlight raised. Bubbles lay sprawled across Myrtle's pillow. The picture of the stereo drooped at a 45-degree angle. The safe door hung askew. He crossed the room and peeked inside. Empty, except for an envelope with his name scrawled across the front. He dropped the flashlight on the bed, ripped open the envelope, and held the letter in the beam of light. Dear Herbert, you're such a fool to wait on me hand and foot. You think I didn't know you were leaving me? You can't leave me because I'm leaving you. I'll live like a queen with daddy's diamonds. Goodbye, sucker. <laughs> Myrtle. Herbert stared at Myrtle's empty bed. Bubbles stretched in the light from his flashlight glinted over her diamond-studded collar, casting a rainbow across the far wall. She's gone. I'm free. Herbert fell onto the bed, reached for the cat, and hugged her. He laughed until tears rolled down his cheek. No more fetching coffee. No more wet sheets. No more dragging Myrtle's flabby body across the bathroom into the tub. We're free, Bubbles. We can do anything we want. He laid there for a minute as his heartbeat began to quiet. He stared at the empty safe for a moment. Okay. Now he had Myrtle's diamonds and she was gone. What did he want to do with the rest of his life? He had no friends, no hobbies. His only pleasure was daydreaming and plotting Myrtle's murder. Now even that fantasy was gone. He clutched Bubbles to his chest, tears pricking his eyes. Panic gripped his throat. What am I going to do now? Reality hit him like a bucket of ice water. Nausea swept through his stomach. Wait, as soon as she figures out I've replaced her diamonds with rhinestones, she'll come back. Everything would be just like before. She'd shriek incessantly for coffee. She'd have him fetch and carry like a pack mule. She'd criticize and berate him. Life would be even more unbearable than before, once she knew what he'd done. She'll never forgive me. His voice clamped in terror. And then... As clear as words on a giant billboard at a king's basketball game, he knew. I'll have to kill her. A warm tingle flowed from his toes to his fingertips. He shivered in anticipation. She'd have to be sleeping. He'd take a knife from the kitchen drawer and sneak up the stairs. He'd creep barefoot across the room, and then he'd plunge the knife again and again into her heart. Blood would squirt out and across the duvet and splash onto the nightstand where it would seep into the crocheted doily, then drip over the edge. Drip, drip, drip. He smiled. He had no choice. This time, by golly, he'd just have to do it. This reading of Bubbles Bobbles was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about the author on her website, mindcandymysteries.com. 
If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even a dollar a month can make a difference, and we could really use your support. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you don't miss a single episode, and subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate or review it, as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery. Mystery.